Hey everybody, this is Pam and I'm in my kitchen with Jay and Rose today. We're here to talk to our friend Pam about her Christian faith. As part of our investigation of religions of the world, we're going to be asking Pam some questions about her faith. Our first question is, do you identify with a certain sect of Christianity? I would be considered part of the Protestant part of Christianity. There is Protestant and there's Catholicism. The Catholicism is where you have the Pope in place. Mm -hmm. Protestant is where people in the Reformation decide that we can go directly to God rather than through a Pope. I would be considered an evangelical Christian, meaning I'm of the Protestant faith and fundamentally believe in the same thing as most Protestants do. Okay, so even within that, there are different sects of Christianity because there's also the Baptists and like and that's a denomination. Yes, yeah, so different denominations. Yeah, it's so. Is that. there? Do you go further to a certain denomination that you identify with? So then, if you take the Protestants, you break that down. Then you got all your denominations: Baptist, Lutherans, uh, Episcopalian. Assembly of God. You've got a lot of these type. I would consider myself part of the Assembly of God. And our denomination is one that is probably considered a little more charismatic than a lot of them. We get a little wild in church sometimes. And that's kind of the preference that I had. But I was raised in a Baptist church, which was very conservative. I started out singing with my grandma playing the piano and learned all the old songs. And as I grew older, and went into college, I learned other things about Christianity. I was exposed to a church called the Free Methodist Church when I was in college. And I got to go to a, um, a rally with David Wilkerson, who mm -hmm. happened to have written the Cross and the Switchblade from New York. Very wow. famous pastor. Went to his rally. That's where I decided that that's where I want to be a Christian. From there, I went to the Free Methodist Church. And I've gone mostly to Free Methodist or now Assembly of God. Okay, so how old were you when you went and saw David Wilkerson? It was May 16th of 1972. And the reason I can tell you that exactly <laughs> is because I didn't realize it till years later. In my Bible, I had written that date on a scripture. And what was even more unique than that, in 2011 of May 16th of 2011, Another type of life was given to me when I had cancer removed from my body. So I actually mm -hmm. was living again. But when I went back and saw that in my Bible, I said, whoa, wait a minute. May 16th, 1972 is when a new life began in the Christian faith. That's mm -hmm. what we call it. Yeah. And then again, when I had cancer removed and I was cancer free, that was a type of renew birth, renewal of birth. I thought that was pretty cool that God would allow something yeah. like that to happen as a reminder that he's watching out for me in the Christian faith. That's another thing we, we tend to do is we, I call it, God's got my back. <laughs> I knew when I was diagnosed with cancer in May of 2011, that I just had a peace about it. I just knew it was going to be okay. And as they went through the surgery, removed all the cancer, I've had peace ever since about that. So that's kind of like what we call God's got your back. Mm -hmm. And a lot of Christians believe that. So something I've been wanting to ask you about for a while now is why can't the Bible change? When something as important as the Bible, which is the basis for very fundamental religion of the world, 
it when something like the Bible speaks so openly against things like women's independence and homosexuality, things that are now commonplace in today's society, why can't it be changed to include those things more or to accept them or to even just talk about them? Okay. So let me think about that a second. Um, I think what we have to do is look at the whole picture here, first of all, before you want to change anything. In a society, you have laws and rules and things that continue to change. Mm -hmm. That's a society of people. But in a religion, you have to go back to the beginning. If God is a father, God became Jesus the son, you have the Holy Spirit. He inspired the word of God, which is the Bible. Mm -hmm. And there was a time and period when the written word of the Bible stopped and men have been, men and women have been inspired by God to prophesy, speak of things that are going to be in the future, but it always has to relate back to the word of God. Right. So there was a scripture I always remember being taught as a young person. Um, Jesus Christ is same yesterday, today, and forever. The same goes with his word. So even though the word was thousands of years ago, it's still our guideline system. It's how, if we were to live, how the Bible teaches, it, it could change with society, but it wouldn't be the way that our society sees things. But clearly, like, if it was really the word of God, then wouldn't this stuff have not happened? Wouldn't women still be the same, like, t playing the same roles that they did in biblical times? Wouldn't homosexuality still be, like, a huge taboo? I think according to God's word, homosexuality will always be a tab tab taboo word um, as any other sin. People try to claim just homosexuality. Um, when Jesus became, when Jesus went on the cross and he died for all the sins, people didn't have to come and bring sacrifices of animals anymore to atone for the sin. Jesus did that and it's called grace. He covered us like myself. I still sin. I mean, I do things that are wrong, but I'm covered now by a covering by Jesus that gets me to God the Father. The Holy Spirit helps me, um, but we still sin. But when you're covered by the blood, it's like in the Passover in the Old Testament. You heard about Easter mm -hmm. when the death spirit passed over the houses, the ones with the blood on the doorways, they passed over. Mm -hmm. Well, we have technically been covered by that blood now. He passes over Because it's as, the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus. I'm, I'm cleansed, but I still have to ask for forgiveness of my sins, but it's under what we call grace. So going off of what you said about being our country being divided politically, why do you think that politicians like Donald Trump that are very right-leaning have such a strong Christian following? <laughs> Don't get me going on so it just <laughs> okay if you really want to know my real true opinion on that i don't like donald trump i don't like him personally and that's going to infuriate a lot of people i know that <laughs> but i know that the platform that he stands on is closer to what uh, my christian faith believes in and throughout the bible god has used people that are so bad <laughs> to accomplish what he wants. It's just hard for me that he's using Donald Trump. So why um, do you think that, why do you think that God would use bad people instead of good people? 
to get what well, you want, don't you think? And also, just, well, just, why do you think God would use horrible people, like adulterers, like Donald Trump, to fulfill a prophecy? Well, we know that in the Old Testament, he used David, who murdered, mm-hmm. to have a woman. We know that. And he came back to be King David. I often ask myself, God, why did you do that? Now, in this situation with Donald Trump, I keep asking myself that question. And I have wonderful friends who've tried to convince me and help me um, because I personally don't like him um, and some of the things that he does. But his platform is more of a conservative, uh, less government type government that I prefer. So I think God can use them to, especially when it comes down to conservative values, Donald Trump would be more on the right than a Democrat on the left. The Democrat on the left, in my opinion, is usually more government, more money to do more programs, which are wonderful, Mm -hmm. but the money's got to come from somewhere. We know that. That's where we differ as a conservative and and say a, a conservative and liberal. A conservative person, in my opinion, is on the side that is usually, we don't want government butting into our business as much. Leave it up to the individual states, counties, city governments to do a lot of their own things instead of the federal government coming in and taking over. So so I think that's why. But in your opinion, why do you think, because liberal values don't go hand in hand with the Bible, but conservative values often do. And that's what Donald Trump ran off of in 2016. And that's what he tried to run off of again in 2020. So why do you think that he, as a politician, harnessed the Bible and basically used it to get into office? And why is it different from Joe Biden's faith? Because Joe Biden is also a Christian. Joe Biden's a Christian. Yeah, he's Catholic. Mm -hmm. He's Christian. Um, In his faith, he's Christian and has beliefs. And that's where I always have trouble. Um, Now we're going to get an area where it really divides everything. And it's probably going to come down to the pro-life issue. You know the more conservatives definitely do not believe in abortion. Liberals believe it's part of a health thing. Now, where I'm at in that as a Christian is I, I just keep going back in my head and I'm thinking, I know that God created us. I know that. Um, he knew us when we were in our mother's womb. I know that. And I know that in today's society for women, what I've seen, because I had a family member who had several abortions that became like... Um, not healthcare pill, the pill, con- mm-hmm. contraceptives like that. That's what I was trying to say. And I think what happened along the way is somebody for me forgot to define that this baby is a baby. We call it a fetus, but there is a heartbeat there. And if, if people could just call it a fetus, a baby, I would be, feel better about it, but they don't. So it's easier to get rid of something that you don't identify as a human being rather than if you do identify it as a human being. But it's that, harder to do. So, again, though, why do you think conservatives harness that and ran with that? Because like Rose said, Joe Biden is also a Christian. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us can safely say he knows more about the Christian faith than Donald Trump, who held the Bible upside down and backwards. So why do you think that conservatives are so full of it and so full of it when it comes to the Bible? 
you know, I, I don't know who does what, really, to tell you the truth. I know that liberals, some conservatives say liberals aren't Christians, mm -hmm. which is untrue because they believe in abortion. And plenty of liberals are Christians. And so I, I, I did this thinking one day. I says, what about three or four, five hundred years ago when slavery uh, came to America? Everybody owned slaves. It was a thing they did. It was accepted. But it was wrong, wasn't it? Everybody did it because that's the way society was at that time. They justified it. So we come along up here, now we're in this area, and I'm thinking, in three or 400 years, are they going to look back on us as killing all these babies and say, everybody did it, but was it wrong? So I kind of justified my mind, or, or compared the two. Everybody did it in society and justified it. I don't know how they justified slavery. I don't know how, but they did. But you're still, but, you're still not answering the question, why do you think conservatives are running off of the the Christian faith to get into office. Like the, conservatives like Donald Trump, not necessarily all of them, but conservatives like Donald Trump. Only from a little bit that I know, mm -hmm. when you get on the conservative side, you, you tend to have more what they call Bible Belt Christians, mm -hmm. the fundamental Christians, mm -hmm. um, not a lot of Catholicism. Not so a lot. would you say but that- the Catholics are against abortion. Mm -hmm. So is Joe Biden going against his religion? He's a Catholic and they're very much against abortion. Mm -hmm but yet he agrees with it. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how to answer that question. Okay, so let's um, move away from politics for a few minutes. Um, there is a new type of Christianity that has been really prevalent in society in the last few years, and that is entertainment religion, where it's, it's youth groups and camps and Bible study and all of these things that are very materialistic and very marketed towards youth. And so why do you think that um, some Christianity is is heading in that direction? Well, I think the, the best thing I ever heard a preacher say to me one time was, this is 30 years ago, bring a donut, <laughs> shake it at them, and they'll be there. That's how they used to do it in the old days. Bring donuts, kids would be there. Nowadays it's pizza or Dutch bros or whatever. <laughs> um, and I think that's moving along with the, the times. You know, I learned a lot from our youth pastor we have at our church who's excellent at uh, bringing kids into the nowadays. But don't forget about the Bible. He teaches the Bible, but he's so much more accepting of uh, not accepting, meeting kids where they're at. In today's society, what's the one thing kids do? What do they do all the time? They're on their phone. They're on pad, iPads and things like this. And everything. How are you going to compete with that? So I absolutely love our youth pastors today that can manage to get kids. You've got to do games. You've got to do things. But there's always an emphasis of community, getting kids together. I mean, if they weren't involved in a youth group, a lot of kids have games to go to yeah. or other things that would satisfy that belonging together yes mm -hmm. and that's what i oh yes go ahead something that something that people always look for is just belonging and that's another huge thing that religion kind any religion that it plays upon is you you get a sense of community and mm -hmm. youth groups really honestly they're pretty cool because yeah. like they they're not a gang, but they're giving kids that sense of belonging that they would also get in a gang, but like without the violence and yeah. it's safe and you're learning things that are good. Yeah. Yes. 
And I feel like if we had more of that, even for adults, it mm -hmm. would be better. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of churches try to have what they can. Yeah. You know, I know there's a group here in town called Fusion. Um, that's a mixture of churches and they've done some fantastic things yeah. and their emphasis is still on salvation. That if you're a Christian, you're are a Christian that is uh, bound by the word of God to go out and preach and teach and save people, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, bring them into the kingdom. That's a Christian faith. Now, if you belong to Hinduism or someone else over here, they, they have different criteria. Mm -hmm. That's it. I'm not going to try to go in their area. But as a Christian, this is my job, because if we believe this is the way to God and to heaven, then I would be a hypocrite if I believed otherwise. So at least we've established that. Now, as a youth pastor, talking about kids, you it's have to, hard to keep up with them, what they're you doing. You have to present it to kids in a way that's appealing to them, because you want to keep their interest. Mm -hmm. You want them to be excited about it. Just It's just like teaching. You want them to be excited about math. Well, you want them to be excited about Jesus. Yeah. So you watch movies and you have sleepovers and you make it fun. Yes. Oh, yeah. I did that when I was a youth leader. Mm -hmm. We used to go in the basement of the church where I was at and we had big sleepovers. So when I was really young, we used to go to Sunday school and it was... It was fun and we enjoyed going, but we also, it was also very educational and still tied in with the church. And so my question is, are churches still doing that? And they're also, they're just also doing the youth group, like singing and dancing and entertainment kind of things like are both happening at the same time or are they exclusive of each other? Okay, I can I can pretty much tell you what goes on at our church. A couple of churches here in towns, I know quite a few of them. Uh, there is Sunday school still going on. Um, usually during church time, the kids are back in Sunday school. We have a lot of teachers who take certain ages and they, they teach. The youth group type thing gets as you get older into junior high and high school. So at, at our church, they meet on, I think on Sunday nights, the junior high meets first. And later the high school group, they meet. But, um, and there's teaching. They do teaching, but it's not like in Sunday school when you're little with little books and stuff and color crayons. It's more, they, they do craft things and stuff. Like um, a couple of years ago, we got together for a youth group event and the people that I paint with came and we had like 30 kids there and we all painted together. So I know that the youth pastor has a, a lot to do with not just activities, but everything that I know about him it's all geared back to your relationship with Jesus, all of it. Everything that he does has a focus. Sports, he goes out to the schools, gets involved in sports with the kids. It's more than just a Sunday school teacher this day and age. Because, face it, kids today get so much through um, electronic things, uh, they don't like just sitting in church listening anymore. So you kind of got to go with the times in that way. I'm sure, I'm sure they do videos and things like that. They do music. We have wonderful worship teams. Some of the young people get in and do the music. Um, and I know they involve the kids in all aspects of the governing part of it or helping plan. Um, I, I think this day and age really has the best youth groups mm -hmm. than when I was a kid. Yeah. If that helps you answer that one. <laughs> yeah. So we have one more intense question for you. At what point do you think praying is not enough like where do you need to draw the 
the line between praying to get better and that being enough versus actually going to the doctor and getting checked out, like getting surgery, stuff like that. Okay, I'm a Christian first, mm -hmm. and I believe God's got my back. We started out with that very thought. God got <laughs> yes. my back. So I ask him for guidance when I need to do what? I ask for prayer. I have people I ask for prayer, and I always say, pray that he will lead me in the direction I need to go. Uh, just as recently as January, when I waited and waited and waited before I went to the emergency room um, with my heart situation, well, I knew it was time to go. And, and I believe in doctors and I've even actually gone into surgery and prayed for my doctor that was going to do the surgery before. I'll never forget the look on his face when I asked him, can I pray for you? He says, yeah, go ahead. Not a bad idea. And I did. And I was out like a light, but um, because I believe God works through everything in my life and even my doctors that I have, I have a doctor now who helps me with my medication. And if I tell her, I just don't think this is right. We work together and I don't take that medication. Um, I had to do that even with the vaccine when we got it. Um, I was scared to take the vaccine, but I sat down at the table one day and I just prayed to God. I said, you know what, Lord, look at all the medications that I take that have side effects. Look at them. You got me through those. Now I'm going to go get this vaccine. And if everybody says it's so bad, I'm going to ask you to protect me. And he did. And <laughs> I was fine. But it, it for me, it's hand in hand with my doctor and with God. And, and my doctor knows I'm a Christian, um, my heart doctor especially. But we for me, it's always, I ask God, well, show me, should I not take this medication? There's been some that I've actually, he's revealed to me not to take that I was allergic to and didn't know. And I asked my doctor, can we take me off this medication? And they said, uh, well, we don't want to. And I said, well, can we try it? And within a month, everything was cleared up. So, so like that, is that the work of God, you being allergic to the medicine and finding out? Or is that the, like, is that how your body was made? Or is that just the functionality of your body reacting to, um, reacting to medicine in a negative way? Is it God or is it just well, like the medicine not working? Well, the medicine wasn't working, obviously, but when... When you pray and ask God to um, open doors for you, mm -hmm. reveal things to you, um, a lot of times when I ask him, I'll say, would you reveal whether this is good or bad? You know, and, and there'll be signs where like that, uh, I was allergic to that one medication. And when I pray, God, show me, well, he inspires. He doesn't actually speak words to you, but he does inspire for me to talk to my doctor about, can we stop this medication and see is this what's causing all this gout in my feet? And uh, she worked along with me. We stopped it within a month. I never had gout again. I think it's a combination. When when God's active in your life, it's everything you do. It's 24-7. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just don't, I don't just have him in my life on Sunday when I go to church. He's there with pretty much every decision we make, even in our business. When There's been many days I sit down. I'm making a bank deposit. I thank God. I thank God that we had a day where we had a deposit to make. You learn to thank God for all the little bitty things, and it adds up to your whole lifestyle. Um, I, I just thank God and all the little bitty things that go on. I think it all comes down to that, but it all works together. So, I believe in doctors. I believe in medicine, and I believe in medicine not working, but I think God will show me. So I want to touch on what you said about the deposit. 
and you said you thanked God for the deposit that you for the deposit you had to make but the reason you had that was because somebody came in and bought a ton of furniture right so that's where i have a question about free will because was it the work of god or was it the free will of that person saying hey i want a new bedroom set this one is really ugly what's what's the difference for me as a christian well, yes. And being in business all these years, when I thank God for that deposit, you know what I'm thanking him for? That I can pay our employees, I can pay the PG&E, I can pay the rent. So if I'm thanking him for this, the rewards I get is that God is going yes. to send people there to buy furniture and they don't even know it. But that's not, so then there's no free will. Well, they because, had a free will to come. They didn't have to. But that's what I'm asking. But if God's sending them to your store, they're not actually making their decisions and free will isn't real. Well, that's a little bit different than free will. Free will is like for yourself. Um, if uh, let's say if that was a bottle of whiskey sitting there and you happen to like whiskey, which I know you don't, but your free will is to make the decision to take it or not. Alcohol. But how do you know God didn't make me not take it? Well, that's where free will comes in with your personal decisions. But is it you my have the personal right to make decision? That decision? Is it my personal decision or is it God working through me to keep me from taking the whiskey because God knows that's bad for me? Or is it me thinking that whiskey is bad for me, I shouldn't take it? What's the difference? Where well, is there a difference? Probably not because I think the Holy Spirit guides us all so then, in every decision we make. And so then we don't have free will. If that, that person's out there and they're going to buy furniture, I think God speaks in his infinite wisdom all over the world, wherever it is. And maybe he's sending people in because I'm praying, Lord, send them in. Lord, send them in. Lord, send them. maybe he's answering that prayer. I don't know. But as far as free will goes, I think it's different than just buying furniture. A free will is a decision where you know something's right or wrong and you make a decision based on your own free will. Yes. You chose to do it. Okay. To end this interview on a high note, what are some examples of miracles you've seen in your own life? Okay, I'm going to give you a two-for-one story. This is a two-for-one story because it happened while years ago I used to feed the homeless down in the park and hot dogs. And I had one fellow who his name was Hot Dog Man because he eat like 15, 20 hot dogs. But uh, <laughs> on one experience we had at the park, we were feeding hot dogs and I usually have about 25, 30 people come on an average Saturday. Yeah. Well, so I would bring 60 hot dogs. Everybody would get two hot dogs. So my friend Patty was helping me this one particular day and we fed the people, but the people kept coming. We don't know where they were coming from. And we would just look at each other and keep handing out hot dogs. And when we got done, we saw the crowd of people. It was certainly more than 30, 40, 50 people. And we were done. And I looked at her and I said, where did the hot dogs come from? She says, I don't know, but I know that God can do anything. And she says, and I'm leaving it right there at that. And I said, oh my gosh, that's something we'll never forget is the day the hot dogs multiplied. And like the fishes and the loaves in the Bible, the story about that. And I said, wow, that's cool. And then another day in the park we were feeding, I had one fella um, who was a troublemaker and I had a, another gal sit, standing by me by the tree and uh, 
this guy didn't like her and he was coming after her and I thought he had a knife or something and he's still in town around. He's pretty radical. And anyway, he came way up on the hill. I could see him coming. He was yelling, Jenny, 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 uh, blah, 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 blah. And he was, he was really mad. And I said, Oh God, help me. I've got all these people here. What are we going to do? This is Nathan's going to do something bad. And right then I started walking towards him. And I said to myself, well, the angels around me said, you know what, angels, I don't know where you are, but I need you right now. Please help. And I walked out and he was just, his face was red. And I just reached out and I touched him on the shoulder. I said, Nathan, I have really missed you. Where have you been? And he melted like putty and just began to cry. He was so happy to see me. And he came over, had hot dogs with us and whatever. To me, that that's a miracle when that happens. And I know when angels have been present in situations. I know that. And um, that's two of my favorites. Um, do you have time for one more? <laughs> yeah. This is a good miracle. Okay. This is one of, for my attitude. 1987 um, was a, a big change in my life. My dad was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Um, I was working in Chico and uh, my dad lived in Norville, which wasn't very far away. So I could go visit him. I knew I could be close by but the um, that was devastating enough. And then in that same year, we had three foster kids within that few months. So my life was really upside down in every way. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, I, how am I going to go see my dad? I'm up way wherever I'm at and da-da-da-da. Well, I got a flyer for a job in Chico. Well, where I was living was too far away, I thought. But something told me that was my job. I just knew it was my job. I just had that peace again. So I went down, did the interview, um, and immediately the gal thanked me and everything. A few minutes later, she called me, and she said, well, we we didn't give you the job. We gave it to somebody else. I became angry, and I was actually angry at God. And I said, wait a minute. I know that you told me specifically that was my job. Now, and I was throwing a little tizzy fit is what I was doing. <laughs> I was at another store that we had down south, and I remember the lady is about – 15 minutes I'd been gone and I got over to that place having this little tizzy fit. And then I sat and I said, wait a minute. You know what? I said, God, you're in control of everything. Why am I having a fit? If you got my back, you know what I'm saying? If you got my back, why am I doing this? My attitude changed completely. Five minutes later, the phone rings. The lady says, you know what? That guy didn't want the job. You can have the job if you want it. And I'm sitting there with my mouth hanging open saying, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I can see. Okay. So I had to ask God for forgiveness for that one because my attitude is what changed. And when my attitude changed, that's when everything around changed, got the job, worked there another 16, 17 years. Uh, it worked out perfect. It was a perfect job. Um, so that's why sometimes with our attitude, it's kind of a miracle and kind of not, but it was a good ch- attitude check for me. Yeah. How he works. A huge thank you to Pam for letting us interview her about Christianity and pick her brain on all of those different topics. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the first episode of the Godcast. I hope you had as good of a time as we did. Our next guest on the Godcast will be a follower of the Sikh religion, and we are super excited. So can't wait to see you guys again. Yeah, please tune in. Thank you for listening.